How's our week's been, guys? That's great. Online, how's our week's been? Comment it below. Love to hear uh, how people are doing. I love celebrating wins in people's life because it encourages me. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, can I share with you guys a story that will be a win for you because you will laugh, but it brings great shame to me, my, me and my mechanical abilities. Even better. Okay, thanks, Georgia. Hey, okay, so a couple of years ago, uh, I had a really nice car. Um, nice two-door BMW, like two owners, perfect service history, great car. And despite common opinion, it was actually very reliable. Except for this one particular day, I was late to work and had a bit of a rough morning and I go outside. Uh, I was looking at my parents at the time and I start, I go to start the car anyway. And all the lights turn on. I turn the, well, this side, turn the ignition. Nothing happens. So I'm like, ah, oh, it's probably the battery. This has happened before. It's all good. I'll take the battery out and check it. So I go around to the boot because uh, that's where the battery is in European cars and it's in this tiny little like cramped corner underneath a few things. So I get to it and I start taking the overhead bracket off and I've got the little spanner there and I'm like, right, it's time to take the battery out. Now, pause story. Those of you who know a little bit about cars and batteries know that it is best to take off the negative terminal of your battery first. Because if you don't and you take the positive off and you use a spanner and you make a little join between the battery and the car, uh, you tend to create electric circuits. Things get very hot, potentially catch on fire. And that's exactly what happened to me. Uh, yep, I just had a, and I know this, I knew this well ahead of time, but in the moment I was just anxious I was going to be late to work. I was, I'd just been promoted. So I was like, you know, I've got to be there and make a good, uh, good what do you call it, appearance. And then I just set proceed to set the spanner on fire. I don't know how. It fell onto the battery, which then melted through the battery into the acid in the battery, which then exploded all over me. It was excellent. Thankfully, the car wasn't damaged. I wasn't damaged, just a shirt. But in that moment, man, it scared the life out of me. I mean, having a battery explode in your face in a small place is not exactly the most fun experience. And after somehow getting the battery out of the car and preventing it from destroying anything else, I just sat on the driveway, and I'm pretty sure I just cried. Um, my mum's actually here. She could tell you uh, that that's what happened. And I was just so overwhelmed by my emotion. I remember ringing Izzy going, I don't have a clue what to do. So to mum, I don't have a clue what to do. And kind of just sitting there all day, I don't have a clue what to do. I was just in this whirlwind of feelings of emotion. Maybe you've experienced something like this. Maybe you haven't had a battery explode, but you've had a situation where you were frustrated or angry. Maybe you're grieving or anxious or stressed and it just overwhelmed you to the point where you didn't know what to do and you just got stuck. Has anyone ever experienced that? Yeah, and maybe it's on you know, a little level, maybe it's been on a big level, but I'm sure this is something we have all faced. Now, in those moments, does it feel right? Does it feel right to feel like that? Yeah, we're humans, aren't we? Yeah, we, when we feel things, is that normal? Great, I'm glad I'm the, not the only human in the room. Um, look, some of those times we can't help the feelings that we experience, right? We face all of these things and stuff happens in life and we just feel, and that's okay. But then there's other times that we start choosing how we want to feel. I know for me at the gym, if I'm uh, training legs and I've got a heavy squat to hit and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to hit it, I think of something that really annoys me because it makes me angry. And I use that emotion to push through the set. Um, maybe you can think of a time in your life where you've chosen to feel something on purpose. 
And they think sometimes that can be a good thing, right? But sometimes it is not such a good thing because if we're not careful, we start choosing to live there all the time. We start choosing to feel the things we shouldn't because it's right. It's right in the moment and then we get stuck. So I want to talk to us tonight about our rights and responsibilities. And we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 6, verses 11 to 13 in the message really quickly. A uh, bit of uh, context to this. Paul's writing a letter to the church in Corinth. And if you've read First and Second Corinthians, you'll know Paul seems to just challenge these guys, roast these guys, tell them that they are just being ridiculous pretty much every second verse. Um, so you can imagine the relationship that Paul has with the Corinthians is not exactly a joy-filled one all the time. There's definitely some tension there. And he says, Dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter the wide, open, spacious life. Because we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Man, I think that's powerful. Because I'm sure the church in Corinth felt with the way Paul was writing to them that Paul is just putting rules in place. He's telling us how to live and they just get into this little cesspool of emotion that's not exactly helpful. I'm sure they felt justified. Paul continues, he says, Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open your lives up, live openly and expansively. Now, I love this verse, but I'm sure it was not the easiest thing in the world to hear. Maybe you've ever felt like that. When you're in that situation where you feel right, and someone challenges you on it, it's probably not the easiest thing in the world to hear. Because we have a right to feel this way. Who's ever said those words? I'm the first to admit that. I've said those words. I've thought those words. Um, And look, in those moments when you feel things, it is okay to feel. Like, I'm not knocking genuine feelings. So if if I seem like I am, I'm not. Because we're humans, not robots, right? We feel things. It's okay. But if we stay there, if we live in the right to feel a certain way, you're going to get stuck. You're going to live a small life. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Now, there's lots of social discussion out there about rights, isn't there? But we're not going to go there because it's actually not helpful to us. Because all of those things, all of those issues stem from something deeper within us. This is about our personal application, the way we choose to live our life. Our emotions play a large part of that. And if we live by our emotions, sometimes we are not going to go in the ways that we want to go. Now, so let's look at that. There are some rights in this world that are good things, right? Human rights. Would we agree Human rights are a great thing. You know, treating people well, having access to food, education, feeling safe. Those things are good, right? Would you agree that there are rights that are justifiable, but probably not helpful? I'm, I'm talking along the lines of things like, I have a boss and uh, he cancelled three of my shifts this week. So next time I'm on, I'm going to make sure I don't work very hard at all because I'm angry at my boss. Now, we ha- is the anger justified? Potentially, right? Is it helpful to feel that way? Probably not. You may not, have, you may not be employed much longer. You know, what about, oh, I've got a big exam coming up in two days, but my friend today said something to me that I didn't like. So instead of studying for that big exam, I'm going to go home, I'm going to watch Netflix because i just got to feel. I've got to feel my pain. Now, is the pain justified? Very potentially, absolutely. 
But is it helpful for that big exam in two days? No. So we have rights that are justifiable. And though in those moments, they may not, like they're right, but they're not helpful. And that's what we want to, I want to talk to us about is moving through those feelings. How do we get through the feelings and get into the wide open spacious life that Paul talks about? Okay, so we're going to go to the book of Jonah, chapter 4 in particular. Um, and I love the book of Jonah. It's in the Old Testament. It's a very short book. It's four chapters long. It's probably not even a total of 80 verses long. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe it's 70. It's pretty short, but it's insignificant. And there's lots of talk about Jonah, but the reason I love the book of Jonah is because I find it satirical. It paints a really good picture of a real-life principle, but it does it in a way that's almost comedic. So it's a little bit funny. If you know the story of Jonah, it gets a bit ridiculous at times. Let's overview and then we'll get to chapter 4. Chapter 1, Jonah's called by God and he goes, nah, I'm going to Tarshish, which is like well away from where he is. And he goes, I'm going to get on a boat. And he gets on this boat and a storm happens, mainly because Jonah's running away from God. And Jonah is like, no, no, it's not because of me. It's probably something these sailors have done. And the sailors are like, we've done nothing. Uh, But actually, Jonah is it you? And Jonah goes, okay, guys, I give in. It's me. I'm causing the storm. If I get out of the boat, the storm will go away. So Jonah jumps into the water. Chapter two, he gets eaten by a big fish. That's the big part of Jonah that we all know. He's swimming around in the water. He gets eaten by a fish and he lives in the fish. And in the fish, he admits that he's running away from God. It's really funny. He's like, oh God, you know, this only happened because I'm running away from you. Uh, So if, if you let me out of the fish, I'll do what you say. Who's ever been in a moment where they're like, oh, if you do this, I'll do that. I'll do what I'm meant to be doing, right? It's a trick we probably all played on our parents at one point or another. Uh, Chapter three, Jonah actually gets out of the fish and he actually follows through. He goes to the city of Nineveh. Now, we need to pause here. Why is this important? The city of Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, which at the time had, uh, if I can put it really nicely, hugely oppressed the Israelites Uh, in crazy ways that you would not want to imagine. So if it's the capital of your enemy who has destroyed your people for a a fair while, do you want to go there? Absolutely not. That's why Jonah's running away. But anyway, he goes back there. He goes to the city of Nineveh. And what God wants him to do is simply say to them, turn from your ways or the city's going to be destroyed in 40 days. That's all God says. He says, go through the city. It's going to take you three days to go through the city. Just say that. Day one, the word reaches the king of Nineveh, the king of the Assyrian Empire. I'm sure Jonah's freaking out because the king's the man with the power. But the king says, guys, whole city, everyone, we need to turn around, get away from violence and turn towards God because we only got 40 days or he's coming. Jonah does not expect this to happen and that's where we're going to pick it up in chapter 4. And I feel chapter 4 really summarizes the human emotion in the book, it really summarizes the story, and it's where I want to look at around our rights and responsibilities. So, can we read the whole chapter? It's 11 verses. Is that okay? Great. Chapter, we're going to read it. Verse 1 It displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. Why was Jonah angry? Because the Ninevites were his enemy. Do you think Jonah wants them to turn away and have God not destroy them? No, Jonah is a human, right? He's like, these people are bad people. They need everything they've done to us and more done to them. So he's mad that it's not going to happen. And verse 2, so he prayed to the Lord and he said, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Basically saying, I knew you were going to do this. 
I knew you were too good. You're a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, one who relents or pulls back from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, take my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. And this is where I see Jonah is stuck. He is feeling feelings that humans feel. And he is angry that what he thought was going to happen has not happened and won't happen. He's so angry he could die. Man, that's a saying we've all said once or twice. And then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah goes up onto the, uh, went out of the city, sat on the east side, and there he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade until he might see what would become of the city. I think in the back of his mind, Jonah's like, nah, God will change his mind. God's not quite that good. God's on my side, right? He's going to get him. And that's not what happens. The Lord God prepares a plant and he made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. And Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Man, just like that, a little plant, oh, I'm no longer that angry. I'm not that angry I could die. It's all good. Verse 7, but as morning dawned the next day, God prepared a worm and it damaged the plant that withered. No good, right? One day plant. Don't buy them from Bunnings. And it happened when the sun arose, God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so he grew faint. And then he wished death for himself and he said, it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah has returned to his emotion that he chose earlier. Is he stuck? Yes, he is stuck in his emotion. And this is where I love, this is just like the whole, my favorite part of Jonah. Then God says to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And Jonah has a tantrum and he looks up at God and he goes, it is right for me to be angry. I'm so angry I could die. And he like just insists it to God. And God just roasts him. He says, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. Should I not pity Nineveh, the great city in which more there are more than 120,000 people who can't discern between their right and their left hand and much livestock? Mic drop. End book. That's the end. And that might seem a little confusing, but what God's really saying is, Jonah, you have had no control over the plant. You were so happy about it, and then it died, and you were angry, but it's not even something that's anything to do with you. Yet me, the, peop- the God who created humanity, has seen Nineveh just go crazy and just go totally the opposite of what I want. But you know what? I'm not actually mad about it. Even though I have every right to be, I have had pity on them because they don't know what they're doing. And he's saying to Jonah, mate, that's what you need to be like. And also, man, on a side note, that's what God's saying to us in the story. So what has this got to do with living a wide open, spacious life? What has it got to do with it? We're going to make some observations. Number one, Jonah's a human. That got less laughter than I thought it would. Number two, Jonah's not a robot, Right? We are humans. We are not robots yet. So we can relate to Jonah. It's only 2021. It's not 2033. Yeah. Jonah feels feelings. Point number three. I think it's really important that we recognize this. It's so easy to look at Jonah in this story and go, what an idiot. I'd never do that. I know when God calls me, I'll follow. What if God calls you to the capital city of your worst enemy to speak to the king? And tell him something he doesn't want to hear. 
it gets a little worse then, doesn't it? You know, but it's okay for us to feel feelings. Number four, Jonah has rights, and he's very clear about this. But God's also clear, and God has responsibilities. See, Jonah's got a right to feel the way he does. He has a right to be angry and frustrated that the people who thinks deserve it aren't going to get it. But the lesson God teaches Jonah is that despite that, God actually loves everyone. And despite the fact that we have a right to feel a certain way about something, it's not actually helpful to the trajectory of our life. We've all got rights. We've all got the right to feel the way we do. But it's when we live in the right, when we live in the state that says, I've got a right to feel this way. I'm so angry I could die. When we live there, we get stuck. And that's what we've got to get out of. So there's two rights and responsibilities from this story I want to look at tonight that I really believe, no matter where you're at, will help you live in a wide open, spacious life and not close yourself in, in your own thoughts and emotions. Are we ready? Cool. Number one, the right to self-determination. I think this is something we all are aware of because we live in Australia, right? We have the right to determine our own future. Jonah in the story, very clearly from the start, expresses this right. He, God says, do this, and he goes, nah, I'm doing that. Go on to Tarshish, it's all good. And God goes, okay. We've got the right to choose our own future, and so we should. Man, we live in one of the luckiest countries on the planet. We have every opportunity before us. Yes, I understand some of us might have different hurdles and there might be different obstacles that get in our way, but if you are determined to live life intentionally and be all that you can be, there's a way through it. There is an opportunity you can take, an organization you can talk to, um, people around you that can get you through anything you're facing. We're in Australia. We're actually lucky enough to live that out. Think of all the work opportunities we have, right? There is jobs for anything and everything. And yes, sometimes it might be hard to find work, but there is always something, if you're keen, if you're willing to pursue it. What about education? It's basically free to go to TAFE. And uni is almost free. You've got to pay for it later. But, like, it's available for everyone. You know, and we've got schools, and, like, they go to year 12. And if you didn't finish year 12 and you want to go to uni, you can go to TAFE and do a bridging course to get to uni. So it's like, okay, that didn't happen then, but you can still do it later. Like, that's Okay. There's community organizations you can volunteer in to get almost any experience that you want to get, which can help you get further career opportunities. You know, there's tons of information freely available on the internet to invest and start investing in yourself and invest into things financially and start businesses. You know, we've got all of these opportunities. I could go on for forever. But no matter where you're at in life, in Australia, you can shift gears and choose to go in the direction you want to go in because there is opportunity. We have that ability here so we need to live it intentionally. It's so easy for us to take this for granted. You know, I think something we just, we know, but we don't think about is that a large percentage of the world does not have that opportunity. There are governments, loose word, in certain places that are more than happy to make sure no one will ever have this right in the foreseeable future and are doing it today. There are people in places that have conflicts going on that didn't choose the conflict, but now have to live with the consequences of that war-torn land. They didn't choose it, but some of these rights are stripped away. You know, if we're honest, we don't think about it, and that can choose us to miss the opportunity to live intentionally. If we're not careful, life will pass you by. That simple as that. If you don't live intentionally, if you don't recognize that we've got the right to pursue our own future, life will just go by. You wake up one day and go, man, what did I do with all that time? Hey, live intentionally. We have that opportunity. Get some vision. 
man, Pastor Chris has preached great around Nehemiah, around vision specifically. Get some vision and put a plan in place. Have some clear stepping stones of where you can go. Have, have the uh, self-awareness to understand where you can grow personally and do something about it. And the biggest thing I can tell you is don't start tomorrow or Monday. Start now. It's no better time than the now. But in saying all of that, we actually have to balance this right to self-determination with a responsibility. That's how we get out of the small fenced-in life, is understanding that we have rights, but with rights come responsibility. What's that uh, on Spider-Man? With great power comes great responsibility. Man, we look at that and we're like, oh, he's talking about Spider-Man's crazy supernatural powers and swinging from buildings and all that. But actually the, the thought is, we have great power, we should take responsibility in that. So the responsibility that we need to balance our self-determination is, is the responsibility to pursue God's call. Like we have absolutely got a right to determine our own future. Jonah did, but he didn't take responsibility to follow God's call. He went out and he made his own choices. But for the first half of that whole book, Jonah's life, is it one you want to be living? You want to be running away on a boat with a crazy storm? You have to jump into the ocean? Do you want to live there? Get eaten by a fish? No, no one wants to live there. You know, so that being said, chapter 3, when he starts taking responsibility for what God's calling him to do and pursues it, yes, okay, the outcome he was angry about, but his life turned around. He rolled into Nineveh and said something very controversial to them, that God, the God that they don't even respect is going to destroy him, and the Ninevites don't kill him. Strange, right? Sometimes God's, when God calls us in a direction, he doesn't show us the full picture. Sometimes we don't understand where it's going or what that next step's going to look like, but God's got a plan for each and every one of us. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you not to harm you. Just because Jonah didn't know the big picture at the time didn't mean that God had harm for him. God actually had a way through for him. And that's the same for each and every one of us. You know, they don't call it a faith step for nothing. Like faith is taking a step in the direction that God calls you to. I know for me, I never grew up in church. I attended church after a number of years partying very hard and making some really dumb choices and finally decided to come to church. And I heard about Jesus and the plan he had for me. And at the time, I really just felt in my heart there was actually no other option for me. And my life just became a series of faith steps. God called me from what, it didn't fix everything immediately. It was a big journey, but it was just one step in front of the other. And I didn't know where it was going. I didn't go go to church and be like, man, I'm going to preach one day. This is the least thing on my expectant. It was not even there. I didn't even, it was just one step after the other. And over time, my life dramatically improved simply because I took steps of faith. And I know I'm not the only person with a story like that in this room. I know I'm not the only person with a story like that joining us online. God's calling all of us to a unique life, a life that is good, that's going to prosper us. So my question is, where's he calling you? Maybe it is to pursue further into an area that you're already passionate about. Maybe it is to just go after something you've been curious about but never had the guts to pursue. Maybe it's to actually wait for the right door to open, not just the one that looks great right now. Maybe you'd say, Matt, I actually have no idea what God's saying to me. And that's okay. Can I encourage you? Open your heart and just ask him to show it to you. 
and look for those opportunities. You know, it could come from, uh, you know, a thought, someone's comment, a suggestion, an opportunity, a work that presents itself. God speaks in weird ways, in many ways, but it's unique to all of us. We've just got to be listening. So we've got the right to determine our future, but we've got to balance that with the responsibility to pursue where God's called us. And just lastly, I've got to, got to land on this before I go over time and the pizza gets burnt. The right to emotion. Okay, the one we talked about at the start. We need to draw attention to this because it's so prevalent in our life. It's clear in this story that Jonah felt he had rights. He was so angry to the point of death and he demands it to God. He goes, I do have a right to be angry. It's almost a childish response, right? But it's actually a human response. We all have emotions. We all face things that are difficult to deal with. We all feel angry and hurt when someone wrongs us. We all feel frustrated when our plans of something we were really passionate about change. We all feel grief when we experience loss. It is normal for us to have a degree of anxiety when we enter the unknown. These feelings are absolutely normal. We have the right, don't we? We have the right to feel, but we have to balance that with the responsibility to respond. And if I'm honest, this is what I've struggled with most in my life. I'm pretty short-fused, reactionary. Uh, I just sort of call things as I see it. And if I'm not careful, I let my reactions dictate. I guess my reactions let my feelings dictate my life. And reacting is great in a fight versus flight world. You know, if there's a saber-toothed tiger coming at me, I don't think I'm going to take it down, so I'm going to run. That's my reaction. Maybe your reaction is to fight it. You know, if, if you end up on top, that's good too. Um, but, it, you know, the issue is that there's very few situations in our life that require a fight or flight response. You know, if a friend says something to you that you don't like and you feel hurt, do we just unleash and inflict pain in return? That's a reaction that we, I'm sure some of us have experienced. Is it helpful? No. You know, if, you, if you're at work and a customer starts yelling at you and you go, Ugh, just punch them square in the jaw, is that going to help your employment situation? No, we would agree that reacting is not helpful. See, but responding, responding in this context is actually feeling your feelings in the moment, but pausing and taking the, the, the minute to think about acting in a way that considers those around you. And it is easier said than done, but it's always worth it. The king of Nineveh had every right just to kill Jonah on the spot, but he actually went, no. Maybe what Jonah's saying is right. We're going to respond. We're going to turn to God. God had every right to destroy the people that had destroyed his people. But he said, no, I'm going to take responsibility for them because they don't know what they're doing. Man, when we react, when we react in a way that our feelings dictate, we will actually close our world. You will break relationships. You will slam opportunities door shut right in its face. You will lose opportunity at work. You will wreck your education. If we, well, I shouldn't say wreck but you might train wreck it for a little bit. I've been there with university. I pulled out because I reacted, so honest. When we react, we close our worlds. We only consider ourselves and the immediate five seconds after our feeling. It's not helpful, but when we respond, we actually open our world. And that is what God is encouraging Jonah to do. That's what he encourages all of us to do. We empathize with people. We strengthen and build existing relationships and we find new opportunities regularly, you will begin to see the world in a new way. It won't be closed. There won't be a fence around your life. It'll be wide open and spacious 
and full of what God's calling you to do. So here's some quick keys. First things, man, determine that you're going to respond better. When you're entering a situation that you know you've reacted in in the past, just stop and in your mind determine, I will respond to this. I'm going to, even if it's 1% better, it is better than last time and you can grow from there. And breathe through those moments. Don't just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Pause, take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. It's for a couple of seconds, but it's long enough for your brain to lose that immediate fight or flight instinct. Man, speak to others as you would like to be spoken to. We've all heard that, but it's so powerful. What does this person need right now? That's a big question to ask. When someone just pours out grief on you, like they're feeling hurt, man, you could jump right in the hole with them. But that's not actually helpful. What do they need right now? Ask yourself that. And if you fill your cup, keep your cup full. Hear from God. Pray about things. Man, make choices that open your heart to God, not close it. When your cup's being filled, your spiritual cup, you I know this probably the, the most out of anyone I know. Man, when I'm empty, I'll burn a bridge without even thinking about it. Uh, and it's just not helpful. Fill your cup. Be refreshed regularly. So let's choose to live life with balance, right? We all want rights. Yes? Absolutely. Do we deserve rights? We're humans. But... What do we have to balance them with? Responsibilities. There's two, I feel, the right to just determine our future, but responsibility to follow God's call and the right to feel emotion, but the responsibility to respond. Two, I think, are very prevalent in our lives today. Uh, So I have some questions for us around that. Uh, Number one, one of your standards, we look at these. Where do you commonly find yourself feeling right? Think about your life. Where do you think, you know what, I'm right? I have a right to feel this way. Maybe that's something you need to think about. Are you living life intentionally? And when I say that, I mean, what actions are you taking to pursue the future you want? We can all say we're living intentionally, but we've got to have things in place. Number three, what is God saying to you? Where's He calling you to? Maybe you need to start listening to His call. Do you need to? Number four, do you have a healthy way of processing your emotion? If not, What's one thing you can implement? I ask that because to respond, we have to process that emotion. But that's a whole other message. How can you respond to circumstances in a way that strengthens your relationship, not destroys them? Man, maybe one or two of those questions spoke out to you. I would just encourage you, focus on the one that's hit your heart right now. Don't, like, yes, there's five there, but, you know, we're all on a different journey. We're all on a different trajectory. Just whatever is the one that really speaks to you. Hey, why don't you work on that and pray about it this week? Now, I just uh, one of you, I was talking about my experience following Jesus and we've been talking about journey and about where we're at. And I just want to say, hey, maybe you're here tonight and you actually are unsure of where you are on that journey with Jesus or maybe you wouldn't say you're on a journey. Uh, that's okay. But maybe throughout what we've been talking or throughout the, the service tonight, you felt in your heart something knocking or an inkling to take your next step. I just want to say it's never, there's never a bad time and it's never too late to take a step towards Jesus. It's never too late to explore uh, what that might mean for you. So I want to encourage you, if that is you tonight, why don't you just say in your heart, Jesus, I'm open to you. What's next for me? Just ask yourself that. And I really believe if you, if you have said that with an open heart, Jesus is going to show you what that next step is. He is going to reveal himself to you. Uh, and Levi is going to tell us a little bit more about that. But hey, can I just encourage you guys? 
Let's live a wide open, spacious life, hey?